Hey, before you guys all leave, just a second, just a second. Wait, wait just a second right there. I have a question to ask you guys real quick. Remember, remember what we've been teaching or what I've said? What was all important? We're celebrating Jesus. What, what was the point I've been making the past couple of weeks? Do you know? We celebrate Jesus. Is that what you guys are going to say? We celebrate Jesus all the time. Now here's, here's one question, uh, a new question I want to ask you. Why? Anybody know why? Do you know why? Because he's Christ the Lord is a good reason, absolutely. But there's another reason. Do you know, Rosie? That's right. Okay. But, but there's another reason. Anybody know why? why? We got to know why we celebrate him. Okay. Oliver, do you know? Oh, he's perfect. Okay. We got, yeah. He died on the cross. Hey, he took the punishment that we deserve. He took the punishment. Just think about that. He took the punishment we deserve by dying on the cross for us. Wow. He's worth celebrating, right? All right. Thanks, guys. You guys could go on down. Appreciate it. All right. I really want those guys to know Jesus. Are you with me? I really want them to know Jesus. Not just know Jesus. I want them to love Jesus. And, and I want them to know and, and understand the joy that comes in knowing Jesus. Are you with me on that? I, thank you, Bullard family, for, for doing the candles this morning. Uh, this morning, uh, it, the, the, the focus of the scriptures and everything was on that aspect of joy. That, that, that something that, that we all want and desire is, is to have the kind of joy that, that Jesus offers. Matter of fact, the, the passage of Scripture that they read, I just want to remind you uh, what was in there. It, Luke 2, verse 10, it was when the angels spoke to the shepherds, uh, saying, uh, Fear not, uh, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That was the beginning of the announcement. The rest was, Jesus is here. You know, there's a baby. Oh, if they, they only realized uh, the extent or, or, or what the meaning of this, this child is. They knew all the, the prophecies, and when, when they had made that announcement, they knew, oh, here's the Messiah. Uh, not everybody grasped what that meant, and I hope we do today. Because, man, there's a lot of people today, maybe even people sitting in the pews, who don't quite understand the, the joy that is there because of Jesus. So that's kind of the direction I want to take this morning. Matter of fact, in the coming of Jesus, we see angels appearing and all kinds of celebrating going on. You know, later on, wise men coming to, to uh, bring gifts. And, and uh, I mean, there's a wicked king who wanted to, to find out where he was because he wanted to get rid of him. I mean, he drew a lot of attention. And, and the, the truth is, is that I, I don't know whether anybody really grasped the extent of, of what he meant as he came into this world. We have the opportunity to do that and to know that. Maybe someday we'll know that fully when Jesus returns, you know? Uh, anyway, uh, the, the, the overall thought I want to uh, express to you this morning concerning joy is, is the fact that, that joy comes in knowing Jesus. That, the, the joy I'm talking about, the joy that has come into this world is, comes in, in knowing Jesus Christ. Uh, 
And so the points I want to make this morning is just some truth about joy. The first truth is this. Joy is not dependent on our circumstances. The joy that we have in Jesus is not dependent upon the circumstances that we face or the, that, that surrounds us every day, every year. It, that joy is something that, that comes within us because of Jesus. Uh, we, we know what it is to pursue joy, or the, the idea, the world's idea of pursuing joy, right? Uh, and and it, it is a never-ending pursuit. Uh, I, we ought to find some satisfaction if we're able to find some joy. And, and we look in all kinds of directions. I mean, there's riches, right? Wealth. Yeah, come on. If we have an abundance of money that we could do anything we wanted to, go anywhere we wanted to, and, and, and you know, just, just live life, I mean, it seems like we remove all kinds of hindrances because of, you know, finances, uh, that should bring us joy, Right? It should. I, I was interested this, this past year uh, to think about some, some celebrities, you know, the fires in Maui, and then hearing about how a lot of celebrities or those who have amassed a lot of wealth are just purchasing up a lot of property, you know, and, and you think, why? And I guess, well, maybe an answer is, well, because they can. And, and it, it does remind me of the, the parable that Jesus told, you know, the rich farmer or the farmer who, who had an abundance one year. And, and it, so what he thought to himself, well, I'm just going to tear down my old barns and I'm going to build bigger ones. And I'm going to, it's, it's kind of that perspective of hoarding, right? I'm just going to gather all I can. And if I could gain more, I'm just going to break down what I have so I could contain so much more. And it, it's all about just hoarding and gathering for yourself. But the riches, I mean, riches, surely that's a place where we could find that kind of lasting joy. Or maybe it's health. We're, a lot of us are pursuing health, even though it hurts us, right? Even to the point, it, I, I'm going to hurt myself. Uh, you know, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to run, and, you know, twisted ankle, bad knees, everything. But it's for my health. Um, you know, or, you know, you know, the gym memberships, the, the exercise equipment in your home. Or if you're my age, it's the supplements in the morning that Dr. Linda puts on the counter that I take for my heart and for my, oh, let's say, immunities, for my joints, and all that. You know, it's just a pile of pills, and I trust her, and, and so I take all these pills and choke them down every morning, and that's for my health. It's, it's a pursuit that we have. Boy, as long as we could stay healthy, that's going to help my joy, right? Or, or we think about relationships, you know, I, and that, that becomes more personal to me because I find joy in my relationships. So it's with our spouse. It's with our family. Uh, those of us who are privileged to have children in our homes, I know sometimes it doesn't feel like joy. Uh, but but there, are, there are those times when they're asleep and they look so sweet and wonderful. You know that joy, right? Uh, or, or grandchildren. Oh man, there, there comes more joy because you could always send them home when they get to the irritating part, but, but grandchildren or the great grandchildren, uh, relationships and, and of course, friendships, there's, there's some real treasure in, in relationships or, you know, people pursue, uh, pursue that joy in their achievements, achievements, whether it's, you know, Maybe it's that, that idea of becoming famous or, or, or even uh, possibly, um, 
you know, hold an office or, or maybe it's notability or, or to establish a legacy. Boy, those things would bring some kind of joy. That's kind of the worldly pursuits of joy. And here's another truth that goes along with this. And I think it's evident that joy is inconsistent and fleeting. Isn't that true? Uh, there, there is joy and we can attain it, and see, but it is, it is inconsistent and, and it disappears. Joy could come just as easily as joy could come. Joy can disappear. You know, the, the farmer with the, who built the bigger barns, remember the end of that parable? You know, oh, well, he had amassed such a great harvest and built those bigger barns and, and stuffed them full. He was hoarding everything. And then all of a sudden, hey, tonight your life is required of you. And he dies. And so like Solomon says, it's all meaningless. Boy, I amassed all this to myself, and now it's going somewhere else. And it means nothing to me because of death. Uh, we think about health. We know where that goes. Uh, you know, it, it is going to be a decline. There's, there's things of sickness and, and cancers and, and uh, bad knees. And, and, but you know, the good news is you can have them replaced, right? Something mechanical there. And, and, and that lasts a little bit longer, right, Bill? And so uh, it prolongs things a little bit. So, but but you know, even health is not something that is consistent. It's not something that's consistent. And there is a day when it all ends. Uh, when it comes to achievements, uh, the, the same thing. We'll be able to attain, and that's great if we can, but maybe we just weren't able to reach that far and achieve it. And there's disappointments and when it comes through all the things that the world, the pursuits of the world, definitely. And, and let, me, let me share, here's, here's the thought. There was a period of time where there was this abundance of joy. A period of time where joy just absolutely existed. And it was right after creation. And, and Adam and Eve were in the garden. Could you imagine that time uh, when they were there together in that garden? It was prior to the sin, the, the fall. Uh, in that time, everything was provided for them. They didn't have this, this desire, oh, I need more. Everything was right there. It wasn't a pursuit for anything. They had everything they needed. And they walked with God. They walked with God. I, I try to imagine what that's like, and it's difficult. But they walked with God, had that kind of relationship that they were able to speak to him. And, and it, boy, was there any needs ever. Uh, it was all taken care of. And it was all they had. They, they had no curse that they had to deal with. Think about that. When sin came. When they committed the sin, then, then came the curses. Uh, and, and man, the curses zapped joy. It's affected the joy that we once had in that perfect relationship with God. Think about it. Uh, women, that pain in childbirth, that, that comes because of the curse. I even thought about uh, th this week uh, that, that Mary herself, in giving birth to Jesus, had the same pain that many of you experienced in giving birth to your children. She experienced that. And, and maybe worse, she wasn't in any kind of clean environment. It was full of dirt, filth, and I'm sure Joseph did his best to kind of clean the space. But that's where she bore uh, Jesus, our Savior. It was in, in that stable. 
Um, also, another part of, of that curse was, uh, and, and the phrase goes like this, you will have desire contrary to your husband and he will have authority over you. What you know, translated, there's going to be a lot of tension between you. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be tension. Did you hear that in that? Also, then he looks to, to, to Adam and he said, hey, because of your, because of your sin, uh, cursed is the ground. And, and it's going to, where, where I believe provisions were, were made available to him, and, and it was work, but it wasn't difficult. There was no weeds there was no thistles. There was, there was nothing like that that they had to, to continue to pull and threaten, threaten some kind of a harvest. And, and so uh, now the ground is, is cursed and there's going to be difficulties. You know, if you're a farmer, you know there's good years and bad years. There's, there's an abundance of rain or we get the rain we need or it's a dry spout or, or maybe the, the, the heat ruins a crop. And, and so there is difficulty in that. And, and, and that's part of the curse. But the worst part of the curse, of course, is this. You're going to go back to dust. There's going to be death. And so along with death comes sickness. It, it comes the things of cancer. It, it, it comes with the things of tragedy that ends lives. That, and that's what the world offers. And the world offers trouble, Right? And I would, I would call it the things that absolutely uh, hinder the things of joy, the things that we pursue. We try to find it in things, but you know, along the way, we might see some momentary joy, but along the way, trouble's going to come. You know, the, the issues with fi- uh, our, our economy now, it's affected a lot of your uh, savings and things like that. It's, it's gone down instead of up, Right? There's no guarantee as, as to what happens with all of that. Joy, uh, joy does exist, though. Uh, i I, I got to say this, that joy absolutely does exist. We think about in the pains of childbirth, there is that moment after the baby is born when the doctor comes and you've had that time to count all the to- toes and fingers and seems like everything's there and Oh, it looks healthy. And, and so after the pain of childbirth, there's the baby, right? And there's that moment of joy. In the harvest, you know, when, when fine, all, through all the work and you do have a harvest and it, 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 it's able to produce. And, and so there's joy when there is a good harvest. But there's a lot of ifs around that, right? In, in both circumstances, there's a lot of, a lot of ifs. Um, Joy, again, though, is inconsistent and fleeting when it comes from the world. Worldly trouble is inevitable. Worry, matter of fact, along with all that, trouble is inevitable. The, the possibilities of you know, a poor harvest or, or difficulties in, in childbirth or, or you know, uh, something, something that the, the baby doesn't have all you know, and there's, there's difficulties because of that. You know, we, we do know that, uh, and, and Jesus actually warned us of this, not to be worried in this world. Trouble is inevitable. And so a lot of us are really tempted to worry and be afraid 
of the circumstances that are right around the corner, whether we're facing it or not, but we know it's a possibility, right? And so we do some worrying, and, and we're afraid. And, and worry and, and fear itself zaps joy. It really does. And, and so I think about what Jesus said, uh, Matthew chapter 6, in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, hey, uh, do not worry about trivial things. Don't worry about the things that you eat and the things you drink or the clothes that you wear. Why? Because your Father in heaven cares about you. Matter of fact, later on, he says, well, wh where do we put our attention? Where do we put our focus about future things? Well, he said to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And in those things, everything else is going to be taken care of. What does he say to, to put your mind to? Well, things that are eternal is what Jesus said. Concentrating on the things that actually we're going to be provided for through Jesus, his kingdom and his righteousness. Very good. Now, the, the thing is, again, that this world does not offer us the joy that, that, that it, you know, we could pursue. Uh, and, and matter of fact, the circumstances we face because of this world doesn't have to end our joy. It won't end our joy. Let me, the second truth about joy is this, because, and it's for this reason, joy is a decision that we make. Joy is a decision and a product of our faith in God. Joy is a decision and a product of our faith in God. And when I say it's a decision, uh, I, I want to make this clear. This decision is not for the power of a mindless uh, positivity. I, I hear a lot of that today. You know, someone who's, who's going through depression and thinks, let, let me teach you how to remove the negative thoughts in your head and, and let's, let's think of the positive things uh, to concentrate and focus upon. You know, where do you find some happiness and, and, and lay your positive thinking there? And when I say mindless, I mean, you have nowhere to establish that positivity. You know, where are you establishing that? On, on things that are fluid and not, not solid. I, I mentioned this last week. I think both the hope and, and also the preparedness, there is a place where we establish our joy. That's the decision we make. Where are we establishing our joy? Well, the Scripture's really clear. To me, the Scripture's clear that our joy can be established in God. What, what is solid? What's a solid foundation? Well, here's, here's just the truth. God is, he exists, and he is good. That's the truth. God is, and, and he is good. He is good. Matter of fact, throughout the scriptures, I, I was trying to think, where can I take you to show that to you? And so I thought in my own circumstances, there was a sweet lady. Her name was Amber Bachman. And, and I think about the kids who line up here, and, and Amber just placed in me, this, or what I saw of Amber, here's a lady who was always full of joy. I, I, I know what she looks, looked like. And I, I remember uh, that, that she, was, she was always this lady who was happy and would always quote the same scripture to us all the time. She loved the passage I, I'd like to share with you now. It's Psalm chapter 100. And, and, and it goes like this. I could see her saying it. She would speak it slowly and very, uh, with a lot of emphasis. She said, 
Uh, or, or here's what the passage says. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. I'm looking for smiles. I'm sorry. I think that's exciting. Smile for me, okay? Uh, the, the truth is, uh, I'll read that again. Uh, it is he who made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Uh, bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. That, that really is a call to worship. To the people of Israel, I've used it before, before we begin a worship service. It's wonderful because it directs our attention to exactly why we gather together. is to worship a God who exists and a God who has been good to us. For Israel, as the words were spoken, they knew the details behind that. They look back and they think about, oh man, that time we were in bondage as a nation and God brought us out. And he took us through the desert. He took us through that, that wasteland and, and survived through there. And then he brought us into a promised land. And he made us into a great nation. A nation, a, a kingdom that all other kingdoms that surrounded us were fearful of. Because we were the nation of God. Now, let me tell you what. That sin that brought about the curse, that, that, that curse existed within Israel. And they turned their backs on God. And, and so they did not remain under the blessing of God. They didn't continue to receive the blessings of God. Instead, they were cursed uh, by God himself and taken into captivity. That didn't, the, the good thing, part of that is he didn't wipe them out. He didn't wipe them out because he had a plan. A plan that you and I benefit from. Now listen, there are things that we are so uh, amazingly joyful over in this past year. And, and uh, a big part of my praise has been the recent converts, those who have come to know Jesus. Uh, that they're part of my joy. And, and, and just to be around them. Have you been around these, these guys, these people who have received Christ recently? Hey, run up to them after service. Just get close to them and talk to them for a little bit. I love their energy. Uh, love their enthusiasm for Jesus. Remember being that way, any of you? Oh, I've, been a, uh, you know, I've been a Christian for years, and I just kind of get used to it. Oh. And, and so, uh, you know, and, and, and live life uh, in this faith and continue. I mean, we can get that way. But, man, I want to be around these guys who, man, they're, they're being faced with challenges and things, but, man, their enthusiasm is something you need to experience. This, this is true. Again, let me remind you that, that this idea of having joy is a decision we make. It, it is a place where we plant our faith. It is a decision to plant our faith. Uh, remember that verse. That, man, I'm going to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's my life. That's my direction. It's going to be focused upon God's kingdom through Jesus Christ. That's where my joy comes from. 
Matter of fact, it leads to this third point. Joy is established on the promises we have in Jesus. Joy is established on the promises we have in Jesus. Jesus is our joy. Oh, why is that? Think about it. Again, there was such an expression of joy when he came. We're not looking at things in the past. Matter of fact, there's a, I, I want to share with you this passage of Scripture. Luke chapter 2, verses 29 through 32. Uh, these are words expressed by a guy named Simeon. He, he was a, a man well up into his, into his age. He was an old man. He was, matter of fact, kind of anticipating his death. It's, the scripture says the Holy Spirit was upon him and directing him and guiding him with words. And, and uh, uh, one of the things that the Holy Spirit expressed to him, he says, you are not going to see death until your eyes beholds the salvation of Israel. So Simeon was anticipating and looking for that. He, he was a faithful guy in the midst looking forward to seeing this Messiah of God. And after Jesus' birth, uh, Mary and Joseph, as required by the law, brought young Jesus, you know, this infant Jesus, their firstborn son, into, uh, to the temple to be dedicated. And as he came, uh, he was directed, uh, you know, Simeon was directed and, and, and found Jesus. And there he was able to hold him. And here's where the words are spoken by Simeon. Simeon, he said in verse 29, Lord, now, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. There's a couple of very significant parts in there. What Simeon beheld is the salvation for all people. That's, that's what he saw. Simple word. face and it's going to be heavy but it doesn't have to take away your joy 
what you're established on, where you're standing and, and with my faith set upon that rock of God, that rock of Jesus Christ, whom he gave to us as a gift and that gift of joy. So, so let it come. It, it's going to happen. Difficulties. We prayed over, oh, so many things that we didn't know were coming this past year, and God has seen us through it. God has seen, and there's some of us still going through difficulties, but let me tell you what, God is faithful, and he will see you through your troubles. Isn't that right? Man, if you walk around as a sorrowful person, there's, there's a problem with that, and you know Jesus there ought to be that, that very foundation of joy. Here's, here's a quote from Bruce Larson. He has a book, and he was, he was tying in about how healthy it is to be a believer. He actually talked about the health of it. But here's what he said. The bottom line for you and me is simply this. Grimness is not a Christian virtue. There is no sad saints. If God really is the center of one's life and being, Joy is inevitable. Did you hear that? From the world and the pursuits, guess what's inevitable? Trouble's coming. That's what the world offers. But listen, if we center our lives in God and he is our foundation, joy is inevitable. Joy is inevitable. If we have no joy, we are missed uh, we, excuse me, we have missed the heart of the good news of our body and our bodies as much as our souls will suffer the consequences. He's, he, he goes on to say that, you know, this, this joy, it just proven that, that, man, a person who is not dealing with anxiety and fear and troubles and, and all encompassed in that, uh, the person who, who has this joy, this inner joy, is much healthier. I don't recommend that for a health plan, okay? I recommend Jesus. Uh, you don't pursue joy just to have joy. You pursue Jesus and understand what he's done for you. He has saved me from what I deserve from God, that punishment. He saved me. I, I don't have any fear of facing him. On that day, Jesus is going to be there at my side, and he's going to represent me. I can't do it by myself. I don't want to do it by myself. I am so dependent on Jesus, aren't you? He is our joy. <laughs> he is our joy. And, and even in the frustrations and the hurts and the pains that we face in this world, why? Don't, don't ever let that joy go. May it be established in God. Let me go through those again. Joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Absolutely not. Joy, when we have it seated upon uh, that, that rock, that we have faith in God, and, and what God has provided in his Jesus, there is, no, there is nothing in this world that could take that joy from you. Joy is a decision. Understand that. It is an acceptance of Jesus as our Savior. It is it is God establishing our faith in God through Christ. And then we have a new identity. Am I right? A new identity. We are his children, the, the people of his kingdom. That's a good identity. That's a, that's a place definitely where joy comes from. And joy definitely is established upon the promises we have in Jesus. God is good in his promises. 
God is good in his promises. Let me share with you just, uh, this is what brings me joy. Some of the thoughts from scripture. I, I want to end with this. I love adoption. I absolutely, absolutely love adoption. Um, and in this scripture, Paul says in, in Romans 8, verse 15. Here's, here's the picture, the image that I have in my mind that brings me such joy. Uh, and Paul says to the Romans, he says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. That's not the spirit we have. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. That's our identity. It comes through adoption. I, I, uh, man, this, this congregation, our family, th- there's, there's adoption, and it is beautiful. And I, part of that, too, it's rough. It's not easy to get there. And so we hear stories of, of those who are pursuing it, and, and failure is, is a heartbreak. But, man, when adoption comes through, it is glorious. Our, our youngest daughter is adopted. I, this, is, this is part I wanted to share with you. Um, and my kids are ornery, and when they get together, they start arguing who, who mom and dad favors the most, you know? They do that, say, oh, mom loves me more, and they did this and this, and so that starts going around my kids, and Teresa, my adopted daughter, says, okay, you guys just so happen to come along, I was chosen. <laughs> oh, I don't know, in Christ, you are chosen, in Christ, you are chosen, and that's a reason for joy. And man, when troubles come, do not forget that. God is your God. He, he is he's our God. He exists. He is real. He loves us. And look how he's provided for us through Jesus. Oh, man, he is a reason we celebrate all the time. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. And we praise you for the adoption that comes through knowing Jesus. We praise you, Lord, for uh, bringing uh, us into your household, into your kingdom. Though, Lord, we know our stories, we know our sinfulness, and that the fact that we don't deserve that. And yet, your love breaks through all those barriers. And, and through that, that death uh, of Jesus upon the cross, he has paid all that sin, all that debt that we owe. And Father, we praise you and we thank you for him. Lord, I just pray that that joy is is just constantly building within us. That Father, the world around us, our world, our neighborhoods, our families, those that that we know and who know us, see that joy evident and working in us, especially those who don't know the joy, who continue to pursue the things of joy in this world and, and get frustrated by it. There are many people who are just going to be ready to hear about a joy that is eternal and everlasting, and we praise you for providing it. God, make that joy known to this community around us and to those who each one of us are around uh, in this season. God, you're good to us. We give you praise. We praise you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.